What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Sports. Jamo K. Davis here with you. Hope all is well. As, uh, you know, sports is kicking back up again. I know football preseason has been there for a while. So we're getting there. And school is starting, you know? So I feel like I'm going to have to start getting back in a groove. Maybe I was lax in the summer doing a pod here and there. But now I got to, you know, turn it up. Turn it up. Give the people what they want. Y'all don't really want me, but we're trying. We're trying, right? There's a lot over the last, my since my last show to talk about. Uh, yeah, I could definitely talk about Kevin Durant and how all of a sudden now he's back on board. That makes no sense whatsoever, but I'm sure if, you know, I was in Kevin's sights, he would say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, or he would diss me and be like, yo, you're nobody, whatever he could say. But the bottom line is, like, how mad he was, and then all of a sudden now, I want to trade, now all of a sudden I'm good, let me just work it out with the team. It just made no sense, and I'm, yep, it's pretty bad. I could talk about that. I could talk about how I feel like PGA Tour players should really be thankful to Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman and everything that the Live Tour has done because, yeah, uh, all of a sudden the PGA Tour has got all of this money, right? Yeah, we got like a billion dollars we can now give to players. Where'd that come from? Out of nowhere? Okay, yeah, you could be like new TV deal, but I'm not buying that. Y'all had that money all along, and you're lucky for all the PGA players who are like, I'm going to stay with the PGA Tour. Maybe some won't, especially when you hear, look, I'm already going and doing it, but look, let's talk about the PGA Tour. We'll get into that and Live Tour and how they're hypocrites, and some of the people who are against the Live Tour are hypocrites too. But a couple things that are closer to home for me, I mean, oh my gosh, when I heard the news about a player for the Washington Commanders. I mean, this is sad. Uh, you know, you hate to see things happen like this for Brian Robinson, shot multiple times in a robbery attempt. That's not good. In the last preseason game for most teams, but thinking about my Steelers, Deontay Johnson. who is really their best, in many ways, their best wide receiver. And T.J. Watt, Uh uh-oh, both got injuries in the final preseason game. That's not good for the Steelers. This may be the first season that Mike Tomlin has a losing record. We shall see. The Nationals end a 43-game starter win drought. We'll talk about that. And what is going on in Major League Baseball as we get closer and closer to the playoffs? Can the Nats turn it around at the end of the season? You know, at least show something positive? No, but the Orioles can make us happy. The Orioles can make us happy. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But then the big news. The big news, I know, maybe you thought I forgot. The U.S. Open is starting back up tomorrow and this is the swan song possibly for serena williams her final grand slam 
We'll talk about Serena and Rafa. Should he be the favorite to win the U.S. Open? You know, if you look at the record, it seemed like, what, maybe in the last 12 U.S. Opens, only three of them were not Rafa, Novak, or Roger Federer. We'll talk about that. But I got one stat that I also want to talk about in regards to why why Rafa should be nowhere near in the same conversation of Novak Djokovic. And maybe, I sorry, I should reverse that. Novak Djokovic should not be in the same conversation as Rafa and maybe not even Roger Federer. But I got a stat to show you why. A stat to show you why. But first, before we get into some of the little reports, we're going to go back to golf. We're going to start with golf. And I am dis disappointed in PGA Tour players, really. And I, you know what? Disappointed may not be the right word. Um, more supportive of the players that went to the Live Tour. This isn't a team. There's no owner. You are in this for yourself. When you get a PGA Tour card, you are fighting to keep that card. You are fighting to stay on the tour. Now, for several players, it's struggling for a season or two, and maybe you're back out. But it's hypocritical. Everybody's like, oh, I don't like the live tour because of the human rights uh, atrocities in Saudi Arabia. And as I have said multiple times, I don't see you complain about Formula One, that they have multiple tournaments and uh, races in Saudi Arabia. What country shouldn't be ashamed of some atrocity, including America? Stop it. Slavery? Come on. Don't give me that. U.S. does business with Saudi Arabia. Europe does business with Saudi Arabia. Asia. Africa. Come on. China, right? You want to talk about human rights? And yeah, I've been on China too. But I'm not on China to the point that I don't understand that you're just being hypocritical. And on two counts, when I heard reports that Cameron Smith from, from Down Under was going to get maybe like $400 million to play on the Live Tour, yeah, I take that. Who cares, Rory McIlroy? Take your $18 million for winning FedEx Cup. Enjoy it. I'm going to take my $400 million and go play Live Golf. You talk about what happened in Germany with the Holocaust. I still see people driving BMWs and Mercedes and Volkswagens. I got a Volkswagen.
this isn't about what a country has done in its past, very recent past. This isn't about that at all. This is just the PGA Tour spinning up a narrative because in the end, what they really wanted to do is not have to pay the PGA Tour more money. The players, that is, excuse me. And now they are. Now they have to. Great for Roy McElroy. Wonderful. You won your third FedEx Cup title. Good for you. Good for him. Roy McElroy seems to be a pretty good guy. Not really interested in the FedEx Cup because the way it's set up, and not like I even really watch it that much. I don't. Not really paying attention to it. And the bottom line is that when you think about Cameron Smith and other players, Cameron Triangle, I don't know how you can fault anyone for leaving for the Live Tour. It's guaranteed money. I mean, don't you find it ironic that the PGA Tour... Oh, uh, 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 this is, this is ridiculous. You, you can't be leaving. You know, this is, you know, you can't go to Saudi Arabia. Come on, give me a break. Now, all of a sudden, you find out, you know, weeks later, many weeks later, the PGA Tour is like, shoot, what are we going to do? I guess we got to pay players more money. They had the money all along. Live Golf may not survive. But the fact that now the PGA Tour is like, oh, we'll boost player salaries. We'll double the bonuses. It's crazy to think that now you found this money that you didn't want to pay for before pay players before when you think of these going down the list pga tour golfers right if they compete in 15 events they get five hundred thousand dollars in guaranteed salary (laughs) you could have done that a long time ago you just now are getting caught jay monahan the bonus pool for players $100 million for the 20 players who the fans and media like the most. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. Oh, we're just giving $100 million if you got a bunch of followers? The fact that Roy McIlroy and Tiger Woods turned down $800 million each, I think that's stupid. Especially for somebody like Tiger. You won all your money. You won all your PGA Tour events. What 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 are you still playing for on the PGA Tour? Now, I'm not saying it should be all about the money, but I don't understand how you turn down this kind of money because the PGA Tour has been using you, Tiger, and making money off of you for years. More than probably you will ever know. 
And even the fact that you got a billion dollars, that you, you're worth a billion now, whatever it is. You, I bet the PGA Tour has made triple, quadruple that off of your back. The tournament purse is going to increase. Like, I mean, should we go on? No. I expect many defections because why I look, you don't care about this. All you want to see is golf. Don't tell me, oh, it's going to affect the competitiveness. You just want to see him play golf. You just really want to see him play golf. And I don't buy it. The PGA Tour, especially when I found out which is, you know, no, I didn't know that they're a non-profit. Ha! <laughs> yeah, right. PGA Tour is a non-profit. I mean, that's ridiculous that they're even called a non-profit organization. The PGA Tour is not a charity. The executives make millions. And the Live Tour just called him out on it. That's it. So I expect for the players to wake up and be like, no, 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 no. I mean, in my mind, I'd be like, PGA Tour, you're done. What? Why? Why even compete in the PGA Tour? The Masters isn't even a part of the PGA Tour. So the Masters could be like, well, we're just going to have our own tournament. I mean, frankly, that's really the only one you care about in the Open, the British Open. Realistically, if you could have the majors that aren't associated with the PGA Tour and the player said, you know what, PGA Tour, buy, because you've made all of your money off of us, the players, Hideki Matsuyama, everybody was just like, we're out. We're going to start our own league where we get to decide how much money we make. Now you're talking. Don't give me this live tour stuff. It's BS. And I think the, the the players are just, to me, just stupid if you're just staying in the PGA Tour. They're making money off of your back. And it's time for you to flip the narrative. Tiger Woods turned down $800 million for the PGA Tour. <laughs> Roy McIlroy better be like, I'm out. Let me go on ahead and you want to be a billionaire, Roy McElroy? Go take that 800 million. You'll be a billionaire tomorrow. Well, at least, you know, money isn't coming to you immediately. They should just do it. They really should. They really should. I am... As I flip the switch to the National Basketball Association, I'm not even going to spend much time on this. I really am not. But I think more and more fans are going to be done with Kevin Durant. No one's outside of hardcore fans they're always going to be those whether they're Nets fans or Durant fans 
But I think the trust is broken. I think this is just a PR stunt to be like, everything's good. Everything's good. We're good. We're good. No, you're not. Okay? You asked for a trade. You said you wanted out. Joe Sy flew all the way to London to talk to you. You were like, nah, I'm still out. Now all of a sudden you meet again and, oh yeah, we're fine. No, I don't buy it. You wanted Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired. Now we're good. Sean Marks saying, uh, the, the, Steve Nash and I, this is, this is a tweet, by the way, by Brooklyn. Steve Nash and I, together with Josiah and Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So this is what it says to me. Kevin Durant still wants out, but there is some handshake deal that's like, yo, when you retire, we're going to make you an owner of Brooklyn Nets. You get to be a partial owner. That is my prediction for what will happen when Kevin Durant retires. The whole thing with Kyrie Irving, Durant and Ben Simmons as a trio, all three of them are question marks as to whether they will last all season in terms of their injury, their ability to play physically and mentally. And who knows if all of a sudden, middle of the season, things aren't going well and they're asking for a trade again. One of the three. It's a sham. And although I'm not, I don't know if I'm not like, it's not like I'm not a fan of Adam Silver, but I, you know, I feel like he's done okay as a commissioner, but I loved his comments talking about how he doesn't like how trade demands go public. But that's a part of social media too. He said, quote, this needs to be a two-way street. Teams provide enormous security and guarantees to players and the expectation is in return, they will meet their end of the bargain. I'm realistic that there's always conversations that are going to go on behind closed doors between players and their representatives and the teams, but we don't like to see players requesting trades and we don't like to see it playing out the way it is, end quote. The players are just doing that more and more. I do not see the Nets working out. I'm happy for a good friend that I know works for Brooklyn. I'm very happy for them because, you know, I feel like I'm rooting for the Nets for them because, you know, I know it would be exciting for them to still be in the playoffs and having Durant and Irving and Simmons. But it doesn't change the fact that I am disappointed in what Kevin Durant has become. I am really disappointed in what he has become. And I don't expect for the Nets to become anything great in the near future. I just don't. That being said, if you look at the futures, the Nets are plus 700 to win the NBA championship. Behind the Celtics at plus 550, Clippers at plus 600, Warriors at plus 600. I like the Clippers. 
I really do. 76ers plus 1,500? No. A sleeper pick, maybe the Denver Nuggets at plus 1,900? I could see that. Because they're going to get their players back. Jamal Murray's coming back. That's the big key right there. If he can get back to the way he was, woo, watch out for them Nuggets. That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. We'll see. NBA's a little ways off. We'll talk about that a little later. Major League Baseball. I'm watching a little bit. I'm really, really nervous for the Orioles. I want them to get that wild card spot. I think they are one of the darlings of Major League Baseball. No one expected them to be where they are. I mean, I certainly didn't too, right? No one did. I don't see them necessarily winning the division. I mean, they're 10 and a half back of the Yankees. Not going to happen. But I wish I had an opportunity to pick them to get to the playoffs. That would have been exciting. I just hope they get in. But it seems weird because there's no way in the world, right? You're going to get four teams from the AL East. Yankees. Tampa Bay, Blue Jays, Orioles. I don't see it. And it's supposed to be six, right? So you can maybe have Houston and then Seattle. Because the Cleveland Guardians are on the top of the AL Central. But their record is just percentage points above the Orioles. But how crazy would that be? To think that maybe, well, I guess no, because Cleveland's going to take a spot because they're going to win the AL Central. So there's only a chance for, yeah, three other teams. So it'd be Seattle would be out if if Baltimore can get in. How crazy would that be? Four teams from the AL East. Yeah, I had it right. I had to look it up for a second. The AL lease is hands down the best division in baseball. It just is. It is. But the National League is better overall. The Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves. I mean, they're just, I think they're better. You could say they weren't better than the Yankees, but the way the Yankees have played, I mean, they've been sub-500 baseball since the All-Star break. That's not good. San Diego 
would be a little bit more in that conversation if it wasn't for Fernando Tatis. I wonder if San Diego knew about Fernando Tatis if they would have traded for Juan Soto. I mean, they probably knew already. Maybe that's why they needed Juan Soto because they knew, oh, shoot, we are in trouble. We need another bat. And that's why they traded for him. But if you can have one sleeper pick, one sleeper pick, I'd pick the Cardinals. That is a really good team. They've got good bats, Arenado, Goldschmidt, good pitching. And the fact that you can get them to win the National League at plus 1,200, that might not be bad if you want to, you know, take a little sleeper pick. I mean, most likely it's the Dodgers. But sometimes you never know. Sometimes you never know. Before I get to the U.S. Open, I want to touch a little bit on baseball. Just a bit outside. That was baseball excuse me football we're talking about football and I I my thoughts and prayers go out to the Washington Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson jr he's in stable condition after he was shot multiple times during a possible carjacking on Sunday 6 p.m. in Washington DC I mean that's just sad Played at Alabama, was hoping to make a name for himself as he started his NFL career in Washington. And I hope he can make a full recovery. But it makes you sad when you think about, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I talk to my wife all the time about how, yeah, man, I really, really I really am in the station wagons now. I want a Porsche Panamera station wagon. Dreams. But like what happens if you're if you're driving down the street and you know like you're a walking target? It's not like that in every city. But to think that everywhere you go, you have to think about your safety. Maybe it's not worth having a uh, a higher end car. I mean, my favorite truck is really is the Range Rover. I wouldn't want a Range Rover if it means man, you're waiting at a stoplight, and you never know. It makes me sad, but I wish him the best. Um, and. You know, to think that the beginning of the NFL season is right around the corner and there have, you know, this, what happened to Robinson is not an injury the same way that you think of a football injury, but there's a lot of bad news going on. It really is. Uh, I didn't mention in the tease, but the Buffalo Bills releasing rookie punter 
Matt Areza following a gang rape allegation in a civil lawsuit? I mean, what what is going on in the mind of these players? That there's a chance that they were in an off-campus home when um, Matt played for San Diego State and that they allegedly raped a 17-year-old girl? I mean, come on. Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean said, quote, I would say the last 48 hours have been very difficult for a lot of people. It's been tough and we sympathize with with this whole situation, all of the parties involved, this young woman, what she went through, you really feel bad for the whole situation. Ultimately, this is a legal situation. We don't know all the facts. That's what makes it hard. But at this time, we just think it's the best move for everyone to move on from Matt and let him take care of the situation and focus on that. So we're going to part ways there, end quote. Now, granted, they knew about this in July. And there's a part of me that's like, uh, why didn't you make a move then? Oh, we're waiting for things to play out. Mm. The character of a person, whether you want to say where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know how he has a career after this. Unless this 17-year-old girl who's going by Jane Doe recants her story. It's actually, it didn't happen. I lied. Even then, it may be hard for him to get his name back. But if it's true, that's that's sad. I mean, it's it's tough to even talk about regular football after that. Where do I go from there? Now talk about the Steelers and the fact that in their final preseason game today, Deontay Johnson has a shoulder injury. TJ Watt has a knee injury. Although Mike Tomlin said later it's not that serious. That if it was a regular season game, he may have stayed in. But overall, the final weekend of the preseason, there were there were some injuries, but not a lot. Actually, the thing that I expect to happen is in, I expect a trade. My prediction is you will see a trade between the Carolina Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers trading Mason Rudolph to the Panthers because with Sam Darnold injured, they need another quarterback. And maybe the Steelers have too many quarterbacks. Sam Darnold will be out at least four to six weeks. You need a good backup. And they don't have one right now. So that'll be interesting to see if that trade happens. Although I guess technically that means the Steelers will only have two quarterbacks. So maybe it's not going to happen as they want Kenny Pickett to take a little more time to 
acclimate himself to the National Football League? That is a possibility. That's a real possibility. But I could also see that trade happen. I could. Now, fantasy football is coming up soon, and I got nothing. I'm kind of ready, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really wanted to have a draft in person, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Even if I was going to wear a mask, but I feel like it's been ages since I've done that. Probably haven't done that since like 2013, 2015 maybe. And that's a lot of fun. But I got a couple of leagues that I'm going to participate in. It's just not quite the same anymore. It's not quite the same. I hope you're looking for I'm sure I'm sure I'm in the minority and a lot of people are really excited about fantasy football and they've got their teams all set up. They're ready to go. I know it. I know they are. I'm the one that's not. We'll see how it goes. All right. So said I would end on the U.S. Open. It's coming up, y'all. U.S. Open starts Monday as you're listening to this podcast today. The U.S. Open. I don't know who I've got to win it. Now, the favorite is Daniil Medvedev at plus 225. But as I thought about it, I was like, how can you not pick Rafa? He's at plus 400. If he didn't get injured, I think you at least would have seen a Wimbledon final between Rafa. I don't even remember if that would have even been a possibility or would have been the semifinals between the two of them. I think it would have been the finals. But Rafa would have had a good chance to win it. Then he got an injury and now he's back. I feel like it is up in the air. Who can, who can win this? Nick Kyrgios at plus 900. I mean, yeah, he won the City Open, but I don't know. I don't see it. I really don't. I feel like it's just, it's up in the air. It's anybody's pick. And I think it's like throwing darts. So, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just like, okay, who do you think can get you, hedge your bets? I say, yeah, you put it in for Rafa because he's on a mission. You could go for the American. Taylor Fritz at plus 2,000. Casper Rude plus 6,500. No, that's a long, long shot. Carlos Alcaraz Garfia at plus 550. Nick Kyrgios. Maybe, maybe that's not, uh, maybe you can make that pick. I'm going with Rafa. I don't know if I could. Matteo Berrettini at plus 2,500? Uh, maybe. That's that's not bad. 
I don't know if I don't know if I got Taylor Fritz. Eh. Daniil Medvedev, can he win it again? There's no Novak Djokovic. It's a possibility. He is Russian. It's kind of he was born in Russia. If anybody is like, oh, I don't know if I want to pick a Russian. That may be trouble for you. In the end, I'm going with Rafa. And my sleeper pick is Nick Kyrgios. That's my sleeper pick. And the odds aren't that great. Plus 400 for Rafa. Plus 900 for Nick Kyrgios. I mean, even Taylor Fritz, 20 to 1, like, all right, not bad. Maybe I could do that. You never know. And we're sleeping on Stefano Sitsipas, who sits right in there at 14 to 1. Yannick Sinner at 17 to 1. But we can't forget the player that's absent. And that's Novak Djokovic. As I like to say, Novak's Djokovic. Because he thinks COVID is a joke. And I'm not putting that vaccine in my body. Maybe he doesn't really think it's a joke. But I saw this on Twitter the other day. And it kind of blew me away because I hadn't really thought about it in this way. But we think of the three-headed monster as like Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and Rafa Nadal. And the interesting thing that I found when they talked about Grand Slam titles, Rafa has one more than Novak, two more than... Roger Federer. Roger Federer is done, right? He's done. But did you know that Rafa Nadal has missed 12, count them, 12 Grand Slams compared to Novak Djokovic's three? Twelve Grand Slams that Rafa Nadal didn't even get to compete due to injury. Now, it doesn't mean that he would have won. But it does mean that that was nine opportunities that Novak Djokovic had to win tournaments that you could have been like, oh, maybe it wouldn't be so close. That's all I'm saying. All I'm simply saying is that to me, when I saw this tweet, it's like, that's the separation to me between Rafa and Novak. Novak had those opportunities to win Grand Slams when Rafa wasn't there. And a little bit vice versa. Right? This will be the fourth Grand Slam that Rafa is competing in that Novak. Djokovic is going to miss. But it wasn't due to injury. Novak Djokovic could take the vaccine and play tomorrow. He doesn't want to, so he withdrew. But this tweet was the separator for me to say, nope, Rafa's the best ever. He's the greatest ever.
He really is. And and Novak may not ever catch him. That's a possibility. That really is a possibility. Now on the women's side. Oh boy. Iga Swiatek at plus 400 is the favorite. Oh, she's going to win it. I think if you want a sleeper, why not go with the American Corey, Corey Golf, Coco Golf? Naomi Osaka is plus 2,500, but I feel like nobody's even talking about her. Owns Jabor is also 25 to 1. Nobody's really talking about her. Serena Williams is plus 5,000. Nobody's talking about her. And I'll get to Serena in a little bit. Emma Raducanu. Remember her and Layla Fernandez that came out of nowhere? Emma Raducanu is 28 to 1. Who could win on the women's side? Coco Golf has played well of late. Caroline Garcia is a sleeper. And even she's at plus 1,600. It's a toss-up. It really is a toss-up. Iga's a favorite. But I could see Coco Golf make it a run for it. I could. It'll be interesting to see if Naomi Osaka, who no one's really talking about anymore, if there was a possibility for her to make a run, But the player everybody's going to be focused on is Serena Williams. And I'm actually a little disappointed in myself. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, look, there was nothing I can do. I'm not going. But I kind of wish I was at the U.S. Open. I wish I could say that I had seen Serena Williams play in person. I've seen Venus Williams, but it wasn't in... Uh, WTA Tour game. This was World Team Tennis. And even then I was working, so I felt like I wasn't even really in the moment watching Venus. But I hope maybe, Serena, that this isn't her last U.S. Open. I know there's all the reports of Serena Williams retiring and she was in, what, Vogue magazine that looking at the, the next phase in her career. Man. That first round matchup, she's going to be going against uh, Danka Kovanich. Everybody's going to want to see that match. And I'm going to be watching it on television. And that makes me really bummed out. I guess what I'm going to have to do is, you know, maybe after, she, you know, she's talking about having a big, bigger family 
Maybe she'll compete in some kind of a, you know, pro-am or whatever. And I'll be able to see her there. But to think that as much as I love tennis, that I've never seen the majority of the greats. I've seen, I haven't seen Rafa in person or Roger or Novak or Serena. Makes me feel like I'm a little bit of a hypocrite for saying how much I love tennis and I haven't really seen any of them play. Just haven't seen it. But I'll be no doubt rooting for Serena to go as far as she can. I mean, to think, whoa, if she could win it, oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. But she was bouncing the first round of her last two tournaments. Hope I got that right. So uh, I don't see that happening. I don't. What I do see happening as I end this almost 50-minute long podcast is we'll pick up a pods. Got to pick it up. Regular season's picking back up. I took off a little bit for the offseason. I got to pick up my game, and I promise to do that. I want to say thank you to the sponsors that have helped keep Just For Sport going. And I hope to give you more. That'll do it for Just For Sport. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code j for sport and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.